so podcasting remotely can be challenging. And getting started can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process quick and painless, the way it should be. And we've been using Zencaster basically from the beginning of this podcast. And if you know us, you know we're obsessed with quality, and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. Not to mention it's easy to use, which is a huge bonus for our guests. There's nothing to download, nothing complicated. They just click on the link and we all start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy, and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production tools, you don't have to leave your browser to get the episode done. And we want you to have the same easy experience that we do for all of your podcasting and content needs. So if you go to zen.ai slash glee on the rocks and enter the promo code glee on the rocks, you'll get 30% off of your first three months using Zencaster. That's Z-E-N dot A-I slash glee on the rocks. And it's time for you to share your story. Welcome to another episode of Supernatural on the Rocks. I am Emily. And I'm Mandy. And you can find this podcast uh, basically wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, the internet. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, probably not Reddit, I don't think. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. We're partnered with our sister podcast, Glee on the Rocks. You'll find a ton of bonus content, some bonus episodes where we talk about all sorts of stuff with fandom and stuff that we like, just all sorts of fun, extra content for our listeners. So you can find and us if there. You, if you would like to request some supernatural content, if you have specific themes or, you know, anything yes. like that about supernatural and you want to join our Patreon, let us know. One of those bonus episodes is our little ongoing miniseries, That's My Ship. And one of those episodes is me going on for, I think, 45 minutes about Destiel. Yeah, that is really the origin story of this podcast. Yes, it really is. So really, we took the ship and then backtracked into this podcast. So if you have any interest at all in Destiel, you can start there and then come back to this podcast. But since you're already here, you might as well listen to episode five of Supernatural on the Rocks, where we're going to talk about season five of Supernatural. And this is, in many ways, it is kind of the original series finale of the show. It has a lot of series finale themes. It has a lot of series finale plot ending devices, a lot of tone. Obviously, that didn't happen considering there are 15 total seasons to the show. It so um, very much didn't happen. It very much didn't happen. But as we've talked about before, the, cr- the creator of the show did discuss that he had anticipated the show, uh, Eric Kripke, that is, um, really planned for this show to only run for five seasons in his original concept of Supernatural. So in some ways, this season feels like a series finale. Obviously, at this point in the, in the show, they knew it wasn't going to be the finale. So 
there are cliffhangers still, but but I think that original intention you can you can feel it in how these these episodes run. Yeah, like you said, there are a lot of themes that feel like they would have made a very fluid, like organic ending to what they had set up so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those big themes in this entire season it's it's Sam versus Dean now, where. In the first three seasons, it's really Sam and Dean versus the world. And in seasons four and five, it's been Sam versus Dean versus the world. And that really comes to a head in these episodes where they have become the vessels for Lucifer and Michael. And they are battling out this like biblical end of days, dark times apocalypse battle brought to earth. And obviously, and, as the main characters, it has to be them. Yeah. And the, the show is really trying to give it stakes. Like, we mm-hmm. see a lot of loss in their life because of this. <laughs> yes, they do. We're going to yeah, talk about they, it and complain bitterly about it. So much complaining, yes. So the, the loss of some of these characters really changes the tone, I think, because they have been with us for several seasons and... It does set a precedence, I think, for future seasons where characters that I think are somewhat beloved, maybe to, maybe not to the entire audience, but to some of the audience, yeah. become disposable. Spoilers, I guess. Like, if you're listening to a recap podcast, you have probably seen the show. But this yeah. is Joe. This is Joe and Ellen, who are no longer with us on Supernatural. And. Yeah. It sucks because they're so great. There are not a lot of female characters on Supernatural. And I know I'm I'm the newbie to the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, to the experience. But season five is the one that I remembered most clearly. Mm. And I remembered being so upset yeah. at their deaths. And that really kicked off the wow, Supernatural is really not going to let women live. Yeah. Yeah, and characters that were not just one-offs in an episode. They weren't mm-hmm. they weren't the victims of the supernatural event, right? Joe and Ellen weren't the opening scene victims. They were hunters. And then they were killed off so that Sam and Dean could complete a mission that didn't actually end up going anywhere. <laughs> it didn't work. Yep. And that sucked a lot. There were other people who maybe could have taken their place like why did it have to be the two women? i mean we'll get we'll get to this um you know we'll we'll go through the episodes like we we usually do and that is kind of our format here if if for some reason this is your first time listening to (laughs) this recap podcast we kind of like to go through the episodes as if we're we're watching the show and well because we have watched the show but yeah there is something about season five here that it does feel like you we kind of take a turn from classic supernatural supernatural 1.0 dark gritty on film you know those seasons one through three really have kind of a dark gritty the lighting's very particular the cinematography is very particular and if you you look at tumblr for instance and you see these gift sets of old school supernatural they have a very distinctive look and i think that's the look of supernatural that people love those hookman episodes and the they look Mm -hmm. like old classic horror films and right around here you really start to lose it when how how much higher can the stakes go here where the apocalypse has kind of yeah happened i mean which again goes back to feeling like this would have been 
a conclusion. Like mm-hmm. the apocalypse really does feel like, oh well, you know, the end. <laughs> this, this is this is it. The, mm-hmm. These are the stakes. Like yeah. a world in the balance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so th- those are some things we're going to touch on here in this in this episode. You know, we have brother versus brother, fate and destiny versus free will, and that's actually something that is going to carry through the rest of Supernatural. They start calling themselves Team Free Will. Yeah, we get the first mention of that in this season. Mm-hmm. And as as you said, people sacrificing themselves for Sam and Dean's mission. That becomes you know? quite quite a plot point with Bobby. Yes. Who is the closest thing they have to family in this show at the moment. Mm-hmm. He gets done dirty a couple times. Yeah. And the arrival of bisexual Dean Winchester. Oh, yeah. Which is a hill we're going to die on. So if that's a hard no for you, this might be a hard podcast to listen to. Just as a trigger yeah, warning. We're, we're going to be <laughs> strongly flying that 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 bi flag. Yes. Uh, Florida's don't say gay bill doesn't apply no. to this podcast. <laughs> and if you would like to donate to charities in Florida to get that motherfucker ousted, feel oh, free. Please. Yes. We'll help you. Do it for gay babies, Cass and Dean. <laughs> Do it for Cass and Dean. I mean, it's not going to help them. They're fictional, but the money will help someone. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I guess we'll rewind it back to the the first episode of uh, season five here and get and get rocking. We we pick right back up as these early seasons are wont to do where the finale left off. We've got Lucifer, get, uh, Mark Pellegrino from Lost. Out comes the gates of hell have opened and Lucifer has arrived. Do you wish that they had made Lucifer a little more of a mystery? It really comes down to, I guess, Michael and Lucifer, but I feel like generally God and Lucifer are like at odds. Mm-hmm. But God is very much a mystery in this. Sure. Yes. Whereas mm-hmm. like Lucifer is the enemy that they know and they learn a lot more about him as the season goes on. Yeah, that could have been very interesting to have Lucifer be an unknown for longer. Maybe it's also just because I really like Mark Pellegrino, but something about the known quantity makes it seem less intimidating. Yeah, that's a good point. If it was to make it a human story to make Lucifer, they do try to get us on his side at the end. Yeah. Um, You know, they try to make lucifer's side more realistic more humanized of why yeah they're definitely humanizing is the perfect word for it yeah yeah and you know to be fair if if you've read any of the christian mythology behind it like god does do lucifer super dirty oh yes it's real kind of mean like yeah oh you said no to me for no like mm, down to hell with you for (laughs) yeah for very little reasoning whatsoever it's very it is a book designed to explain why bad things happen to people. So you just personify evil in the form of a person and then, or a, an entity. So then, yeah, anyway, the show is trying to do a lot of heavy lifting with this. Yeah. And so is the Bible. But anyway. I mean, of the two, I prefer the supernatural version. <laughs> it's like, wait, Bible on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. We would get canceled so fast so for fast. all of the incest and violence. Yeah. And- oh, Jesus. Uh-oh. Yeah. Can't can't do that. Not family friendly content there. Nope, no bueno. Yeah, that could have been a, a really interesting way is to to not know what we're dealing with until later. 
Of course, then we would have had to start the episode with either Becky writing Wincest fanfic. True. <laughs> or yeah. Meg 2.0. So there, you know, there's a lot that uh, kicks this episode off. And in the episode, they are trying to find Michael's sword. Yes, that is the other brief mystery is they are looking for the Michael the sword of michael michael sword the michael sword there's a lot of it doesn't get a cool name right it's it does my sword yeah it doesn't doesn't get a cool name yeah. bobby's super pissed off at sam for what he did around the apocalypse which yeah. you know that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah. i do find it interesting that dean thinks that his dad is gonna have the sword of michael like in his storage locker yeah. bobby is very briefly a demon could have been cooler if that lasted longer but yeah. all right there's a lot happening. But it, it does not take us long to find out that Dean Winchester, the other protagonist of the entire show, is the Michael sword. He is Michael's perfect vessel. He is the chosen one. He is Harry Potter. Obviously yeah. says no to being possessed by an archangel. But it still sets up that Dean versus Sam. Yes. Like opposite sides of the heaven mm -hmm. hell coin. Yes. Sam is Lucifer's perfect vessel. Dean is Michael's perfect vessel. And thus, they must kill each other, for neither can win while the other survives. For so it is written, there must be a battle. That is the other piece of this, this lore around Michael and Lucifer, is that they have to fight over yeah. Earth. They can't just, like, shake it out. They, they have to do it, which is another piece, I think, of the free will versus fate and destiny theme that runs through yeah. these seasons, is that, so it is written, there has to be a battle. Like, does there, though? Can't you guys just, like, fucking chill for a hot minute? And then but we have Cass there to exemplify how angels don't always have to do what they're written, you know? No, sometimes angels yeah. set their sights on a hot piece of human ass. A little free will gets shaken loose. <laughs> Power of love style. Yes, Cass does stand in between human and yeah. angel. And we get in this the course of the season, they show us other versions of Cass. Mm -hmm. Like what what free will could do to Cass. Mm -hmm. Apparently just make him really horny. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, it's interesting to, to see him as the balance between Sam and Dean slash, you know, heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. It or just gives Misha Collins... Yeah. Op, you know other things to do besides yeah. wearing a trench coat a chance to not destroy his vocal cords yes occasionally occasionally yes he he does get to mark his territory in this episode with the little enochian protection sig <laughs> sigils on their ribs which is who wrote that and didn't think that that was super gay they knew what they were doing they ha i mean come yeah. on guys if you forgot, at the end of season four, Cass was super dead, and now he is he is not. He does not know how he is no longer dead, and then he just leaves because Cass. Yeah. I, I don't I should have taken a tally. I don't remember how many times Cass dies in this season. It's at least like three times. Lot. Yeah. And he just keeps getting brought back. Yeah, they they hit that reset button on him quite a few times. They really do. I don't know if he's died more times than Dean, but it's close. We love boyfriends who die together. Yes. <laughs> yep. As long as they come back. That is the important part. Supernatural mm -hmm. writers. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So these episodes kind of keep uh, keep rolling in. In the the next episode, Cass is off to search for God, who is yeah, currently is still. Why not? Yeah. Easy to do because he thinks that God will be the one to defeat Lucifer because in millennia he's been absent, but now he's going to yeah. do that. His desire to believe that God still cares is endearing. Yeah, it's cute. He has no proof whatsoever, but it's cute. No. There is kind of a case in this episode. There's a town that's been, seems like it's been overrun by demons at one point, but really. The town is hallucinating that there are demons and everyone's just killing each other over it. Meanwhile, Bobby is like super grumpy about getting stabbed and that he can't walk. Uh, he, he has points. He has a lot of points. It's really convenient that Cass is cut off from heaven's powers and that he can't heal yeah. him. Like he's going to go find God, but he's not connected to heaven to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his ability like. His, what angel powers he can access and what he can't is very convenient to the storyline. Yeah, it's not a deus machina, but it is yeah. It is one of those tropes of like, so it works sometimes? <laughs> just sometimes. Cat And Cass does tell Dean, so Dean just wants to straight up kill Lucifer. And Cass tells him that that's like super dumb, which is the kind of banter that I'm here for. Yeah, um, because I feel like people don't tell Dean that sometimes his stuff is just bad. But Cass does want Dean's super precious amulet, amulet, because he says it'll burn hot in God's presence, like and a God detector, a, like like a God, a God, yeah. yeah, a little beeper. Dean's been wearing this thing for like twenty five years. It's super important to him, and he just hands that right over to Cass. That's some trust. Yeah, yeah. I just think these are important things to point out. That since seasons four and five, this has been a thing between them. And the audience is just supposed to pretend like they're friends. But that's it's fine. Yeah. I just think that it's important as we progress in these podcast episodes that we point these things out as we go. Because I think sometimes people yeah. forget that it's been happening the whole time. So yeah, so we have this town yeah. allegedly overrun by demons, but not. We have Rufus reappearing. Yeah, we have we- Rufus and we have Joe and Ellen. We have Joe and Ellen, our favorite, other favorite hunters. Yeah. We also have another horseman of the apocalypse. War is in town. And do you know who it is? Wait, who is it? Titus Welliver. Oh. From Lost. Yeah. I was so mad that he and Mark Pellegrino did not have a scene together. There, yeah. Like oh, it hurt my soul that <laughs> they were not in a scene together. Because the lost reunion would have just like yeah now now I'm sad about it yeah because they were they were Jacob and the man in black on Lost mm-hmm. and like just a look across a void just some just a little like taste yeah. of something and they're such good friends that it would have been just a nice little like mm, delicious Not one f- bit yeah what one other just little like bit of trivia uh, apparently the bridge that they're on going into town is the same bridge from the finale of the series. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm assuming that's just like, there's a lot of reuse locations because mm-hmm. Vancouver, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. I liked that one. Yeah. I like going back to the same places. I mean, they've crisscrossed the entire country so many millions of times yeah. that obviously they'd have to go back to some of the same places. Their postcard collection is huge at this point. 
I hope they have postcards. That'd be so fucking uh, cute. I guess it would be a shot glass collection for uh, Dean, but mm. that's less, a little harder to carry around than the Impala. <laughs> Every time the Impala hits a speed bump, the whole thing just rattles with glass. That'd be cute. That <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, you know, Every time, so War knows that Sam is out there lusting for power. He's off the demon juice, the demon blood, you know, and he's using this power to set the town against each other, including setting the people against Dean and Ellen. But they do manage to grab War and cut his finger off to remove his little ring of power, which he uses to control the town. I love that they literally have rings of power. Yeah, I think that's like, weird that a supernatural creature needs a fucking ring of power. Yeah. Like, what is he without that ring? Is he just a dude? You would think that the powers be a little more, like, inherent. Yeah. If, like, if Dean put on War's ring, would he become <laughs> yeah. the next horseman? Because badass. Plot twist. Like, how hot would that be if he just stuck that ring on? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, you know, Sam is out there worried about his demon blood addiction and thinks he... It's best that he and Dean part ways. Not the first time one of them has had that idea, and not the last, even in this season. Mm-hmm. It's it's a pretty common thing with the two of them to break up and get back together, because uh, drama, I guess. So in the in the next episode here, Sam has decided to give up on hunting. But while he's off moping and working in a bar, we do get a Dean and Cass episode. So yes, I'm fine um, with it. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam and Dean have no scenes together in this episode. It yeah. is strictly a Dean and Cass episode mm-hmm. on his side of it. Yeah. Yep. And then Sam gets to live his busboy dream, I guess. I I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of, what happens to Sam kind of sucks because he yeah. he's out in a town that's like dealing with revelations omens and meets a bunch of hunters that want him to like hulk out on demon blood to destroy some demons who have killed their friend and it it does turn out that sam's visions of his dead girlfriend jessica are being fed to him from lucifer so so that sucks and lucifer really starts playing with sam knowing that sam will eventually get him to say yes to being his vessel yeah, I mean, it, it, he Lucifer is definitely going like full on psychological torture on him, mm-hmm. progressively throughout the season. Yeah, which is actually a great a great way to do it because yeah, it's not like you're gonna force him. I mean, what you can't kill him. Over in in Dean and Cass land, we we do learn that Cass the angel has never had sex, so Dean's first thought is to get him laid. Sure, Dean. Sure. I mean, <laughs> Sure, Dean. It doesn't work, but ostensibly this this scene is about finding the archangel Raphael because Cass believes mm-hmm. Raphael knows how to find God. Raphael is, um, well, he's a bit pissy about the whole thing and tells Cass that God is just straight up dead. It's not really a great episode for anyone. Like, no one comes yeah. out of this happy. No, it's just a great episode as a viewer because we get <laughs> Yeah, you get um, a little the, drunk Dean and Cass. The personal space line. The personal space line is fantastic. Like And Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Comparing them. Yeah. So yep. a lot of like nice one-off moments. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like classic Dean and Cass banter in this episode. Kind of that standard back and forth. 
yeah. nose to nose <laughs> like mm-hmm. back when Cass was really that like soldier naive and, yeah naive uh, soldier yeah. god who didn't hadn't yet been human we have the episode that comes up next is the end i will say the the episode titles in this season are just they're pretty good this one is just called the end they're almost all song references too mm-hmm. like yep. whoever was titling these really did their damnedest to tie it in a lot of times the um title will tie in with like if they give like classic rock names mm-hmm. as like their agents or whatever because they always do like fake fbi names except when Cass's agent beyonce <laughs> yes but this is the the episode where dean is in the croatoan future yes we get it, two yeah, two dean winchesters it's a good one this is a good one yeah so Cass wants to find the the beloved cult to use it to kill lucifer Cass's plans really just jump around <laughs> yeah he's really reaching he's, he's throwing darts at a wall he, he, he doesn't know what's gonna stick yeah, I did love the moment of just Cass standing by the side of the road while waiting for Dean to sleep. <laughs> just like yeah. at this point, Sam has called Dean to tell him that he is Lucifer's vessel, and now Dean tells Sam that they need to go their separate ways, as if they already hadn't. I guess they're catching up with the audience here. But yeah. Dean wakes up in the future because or Zacharias sends him to the future to show him the consequences of saying no to Michael. A dick move. Yeah, uh, obviously, but he does get captured by his future badass self in in fatigues. Um, and this this episode, this whole setup just hits really different in a yeah. Post- you don't think the Croatoan <laughs> pandemic from President Palin? Yeah, doesn't feel like a calm episode to watch where there's no food or water and yeah, <laughs> people are viral zombies. That doesn't, doesn't feel good to you. I did like that some of the things that rang really true were the pandemic details, like hoarding toilet paper. I know, that was so funny. <laughs> it's like, well, but someone it, called that one. Good job. They really did. Yeah. Like, don't forget to hoard toilet paper. Like, you're right. Mm-hmm. You do need to hoard toilet paper. <laughs> Fair warning. We do get the pink panties moment in this episode, though. Yes. Which, you know, if you're a, a Supernatural fan... Who, who started out by reading fanfic and you were ever confused by like why are there so <laughs> yeah. many references to dean liking pink panties like this is why it's canon there's so many weird things in fic you're like that can't that just has to be like a weird fan and thing like not this one this one's canon there's plot in this episode obviously yeah. but but there's also future Cass. <laughs> and future Cass is is a horny fucking hippie he really is yeah i mean i i kind of like they make an attempt to explain how he ended up that way but really they they just gave misha some script pages to chew on yep. and he was like oh tasty yep exactly they were like this. just don't shave for a couple of days yeah. and uh, wear your own clothes i love this delightful little shit yeah he does not give a fuck i don't even know what his job in this camp is <laughs> Like, apparently to have orgies <laughs> yeah just the uh the new the, the lunch orgy he's the camp bicycle just everyone <laughs> goes in has a ride yep, yep. it's really tension it's gonna say it's camp morale yeah <laughs> i don't remember this being part of covid yeah we we got ripped off on that yep that aspect of it there is some some timeline fun here 
Mm-hmm. Because Dean was sent to 2014, which would be season nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that actually happen in season nine or 10 work mm. with this, which just surprises me because like, I'm not used to shows paying that much attention to continuity when they're oh, right. writing something that they don't think they'll ever get to film. But yeah, Cass isn't an angel in this episode in the future timeline and in the actual season nine, he's human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's then right. Chuck Shirley appears in this episode. And then after this season, he doesn't appear again until season 10. Huh. I forgot Which, that. Yeah. I wonder why. Accident. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Mm. Actually, that is kind of weird that he doesn't appear again. And so I, w- yeah. I wonder if they just like forgot to put yeah. <laughs> or like were they thinking that probably. far ahead because like <laughs> they probably forgot i'm giving them credit because it does fit really well and it's kind of fun to see like yeah some of the continuity but it probably is an accident because it's like he's super important here and then he just fucking mm-hmm. disappears yeah i also love that um risa is played by lexa doig which she's she's a like sci-fi actress staple mm. i just love her and her husband yeah. shows up later in the season that's nice. an episode character. Amazing. Keeping it in the family. Yeah. And in the only five actors in Vancouver family. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I feel that. When it comes to the, the plot, we find out that future Dean has found the cult. The cult? Well, it is a cult. <laughs> yeah. The cult. And, you know, he still he still wants to try to kill Lucifer with it. Sam hasn't died, but he did say yes to Lucifer. Sam's a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and future Dean also wants past Dean to say yes to Michael. But there's no way to know if this is a real future or something that was just planted mm-hmm. by Zachariah. Because we have seen in the past that Zachariah can, like, kind of do anything. So Lucifer's big thing here is that he keeps telling Dean that they will always end up right here at this moment in what is it 2014 in detroit is that right yeah or whatever time it is at the end like this is always gonna happen so fate versus free will and the the croatoan virus is something they continually reference throughout the season yes mm-hmm. so zachariah brings dean back to 2009 to boot cut jeans no virus but dean still says no to to saying says no to saying yes to michael and he reconnects with sam so you know at this point we're four episodes in to the season and uh, apparently it is time to lighten things up yeah <laughs> i really could have used it a little bit sooner uh, yeah that was a lot for the, the beginning of the, uh, yeah. the season usually there's something a little sooner because we jump headfirst into our first silly <laughs> fucking episode of the season yes. It was cracky as hell. It's not the crackiest episode of the season. It's not, but, but it's super cracky. It's pretty good, yeah. It's amazing. Something is, people are being killed by famous dead icons, <laughs> like James Dean's yeah. car, little bastard. Uh, there's a curse. Someone else gets killed by Abraham Lincoln. We get a great scene of the um, woman that doesn't speak English trying to describe Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yes. That actress just made me laugh. Like she yes. was, she was selling it. She really was. There's, turns out, then a group of girls claim that their friend was kidnapped by star of the hour, Paris Hilton. And I just, I imagine people watching Supernatural on Netflix in 2022 being like, "Who the fuck is this person? <laughs> yeah. Like, what day player 
seemed so like why who is this Paris why Hilton is she really, so bad at acting yeah Paris Hilton was really fucking famous at this time yes. that's why she's on this show yes yeah so it turns out it was just it was a a leshy killing people because celebrities were being are now being passed as gods and it was jealous and not you know social commentary in a supernatural episode about fame and celebrity worship mm-hmm. you know some pretty cool deaths though that was fun and also like just top-notch references yes like mm-hmm. house of wax mention that was good that was a pretty um, good one because jared was in house of wax mm-hmm. with paris yes so some a, weird, like, reality bending there. Mm-hmm. A terrible Dean, horror movie. Dean hasn't seen House of Wax. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Like, a Simple Life mention? And yep. Simple Life was Paris's big reality show. A Simple Life is the reason we have the Kardashians. Oh, you're right. I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, oh. and that the Simple Life is why we have the Kardashians. Anyway, yeah. It's so really um, just Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie being rich and famous. Yeah. And Kim Kardashian was Paris Hilton's third wheeling mm-hmm. friend before she was anything yep. else. Yeah. This is why. This is why we're here now. Was that. Just think about that for a second. What a what a butterfly effect. I know, right? If we had just never if we hadn't let it happen, we wouldn't anyway. God damn it, Leshy. But yeah. So, you know, at the end we do get a conversation between mm. Sam and Dean. Dean tells Sam that he was right that Dean was treating him like a little brother and he apologized to Sam for not seeing what he was doing and that he does share some blame for bringing about the apocalypse because he broke the first seal. Backtracking a little bit from the plot, but I did make a note that another thing that dates the show along with Paris Hilton Mm. is the reference to Gen Y. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Remember Gen Y? They got forgotten. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're all millennials now. We're all, yeah, we're all millennials now. For better or worse. So at this point, the brothers are back in line together, fighting the good fight. They're not going to stay that way. That would be boring. That would be super boring. So we have another kind of silly episode. I believe the children are our future. We've got a series of murders that resemble urban legends and fairy tales. Sort of. Like, weird weird shit is happening. Like, people are dying in kind of funny ways. And they, they track down a kid who whatever he believes comes true and weirdly enough Cass is the one who thinks the kid needs to be offed because he's too dangerous <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's a turn there yeah i was like damn Cass. Like, yeah. i think he was just in a bad mood or something so is it just me or is this plot pretty similar to good omens very similar to good omens yes mm-hmm. yeah like the the powerful yeah. kid who can just kind yeah. of <laughs> believe things into existence yeah you know the babysitter watching Cujo, and then yeah. she's like scratched her own brains out, and like oh, I like yeah. the one who dies because of the hand, the little electrocutor buzzer thing when he shook oh, yeah. his hand. That one was funny. And then we have Dean getting <laughs> hair on his palms. The masturbation joke was so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, I uh, love that one. That was amazing. So, you know, this kid came about because his mother was possessed by a demon while pregnant. And then when she gave birth, she put him up for adoption. Cass says that this kid is the literal Antichrist. Now, in this lore, an Antichrist is just like demon spawn. Mm -hmm. His spiel is cut short when he sits on a whoopee cushion. 
Um, <laughs> that was yeah. The timing there I was know. a little like. I think the I think the joke would have been funnier if he wasn't like explaining the plot of the, yeah. the episode. It was weird timing. It was very weird timing. But this the storyline does like reach forward in time to when we meet Jack, who is the son of Lucifer, and at that point Jack becomes like Cass's kid. So like, what fucking changed? I thought <laughs> that's kind of an interesting episode. It's not their it's not their best. I I was a little disappointed only because I started out thinking it was going to be like straight up monster of the week and then it just mm-hmm. tied back into the myth arc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was just really ready for a break, like more mm-hmm. than one episode of a break. Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. I did love that this kid at the end just fucks off to Australia. <laughs> yeah. The kid is just like, I'm out. Bye. They want this kid to yeah. join their fight and he's like, I'm 12. Goodbye. This kind of middle chunk here, they we do pop around because now we're back to a, a monster of the week mm. of the curious case of Dean Winchester and a poker game where you bet your life instead of money. Yeah. And Bobby immediately is like, great, I can get out of this wheelchair. Yeah. Now, you know, he's not a demon. What is he? The Whatever this dude is, the leprechaun i don't know he's like weirdly irish you know this dude running the poker game here who's gambling and in years he doesn't you know really promise that you're healed you just get your years back so what if what if bobby ended up young but still unable to walk oh (laughs) i don't think he thought that through because like i always think of genie wishes where you you really gotta choose your words carefully because otherwise yeah it's like in the X-Files episode where the guy wished for a yacht and the yacht ended up in the middle of his house. Like, yeah. we didn't specify that it was in the ocean. Uh, Obviously, Bobby loses his game and starts to age rapidly. And Dean then steps in and also starts to age rapidly <laughs> because his death drive strikes again. I did think it, find it interesting. Dean has been playing poker for money for decades to survive and he managed yeah. to lose this game. That's either, like, bad luck or the game was rigged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting comment about Dean needing to take better care of his heart, but I feel like after he got healed by the faith healer, his heart should be perfectly fine. Yeah. So that didn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's like a small point, but I was like, mm, no, Dean's ticker should be perfect after the faith healer. I was very sad to see Dean old because he doesn't actually get to age yeah. it's like oh my god it's the only time dean enjoy gets to it because you don't see it again yeah except for how he grows old and happy with gas yes obviously duh yeah. i mean yes sure you know so so sam comes in and saves the day at poker and oh, everyone lives happily ever after until the next episode which is changing channels where sam and dean get stuck in tv hell Oh, this is such a good one. This is a really good nonsense yes. episode, and I love it. Yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> and exactly the, the, like, tension breaker Yep, I was craving. Yeah, this is... <laughs> I love this episode. It opens with yeah. Supernatural's filmed before a live studio audience. Yes. It has a laugh track. There's a Scooby-Doo-sized mm-hmm. sandwich. A theme song. <laughs> There's definitely a busty Asian, Asian Beauty's porn joke in it. Yes. A lot of I love it. Grey's Anatomy jokes. 
Yeah, they're at Seattle Mercy Hospital. Yeah. So they they have become they wake up or they walk into an alternate universe where they are now the characters of Dr. Sexy MD, Dean's favorite TV show. Obviously, Sam thinks the trickster is at play. Well, they're not totally wrong. Yeah, just not entirely right either. Yes, not entirely right. I mean, yeah. I do need someone to explain Dean's face when he walks up to Dr. Sexy. Boner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boner. Mm -hmm. That's the face. So Dean does, you know, because he's such a fan, he, he does recognize that that's not the real Dr. Sexy because he's not wearing his cowboy boots. Because, you know, fanboy. Yeah. He does turn into the trickster at this point, and they have to survive 24 hours in the game, and then they'll talk. Uh, yeah, they, have, they switch into a Japanese game show, Nutcracker. Oh, before we leave Dr. Sexy first, oh, yeah. I wanted to say that Dean makes a reference during that part of it about a character who's a ghost in the mind of one of the doctors. Yes. That that's... is a point. Yeah, that's a plot point from Grey's Anatomy, and... Mm -hmm. The actor was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It so. was their dad. It was their dad. Yep. See what you did there, writers. So good. Yep. That but means yeah, somebody on the writing staff is like a fan of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> must be. To remember. They're, yeah. Well, because at the cut. there were times when Jeffrey Dean Morgan was playing both roles. Yeah. I love it. Laugh. Yeah. It's so funny. But yeah, the Japanese game show. <laughs> yeah. So they're, you know, getting hit in the nuts, as you do. Badass Cass finally shows up to try to help them, but, you know, gets gets sent away. Of course. Sam has to do his genital herpes commercial. Yes. I love that. Classic. Cass does show up again on a sitcom set, but then gets beat the fuck up, <laughs> looks gorgeous, and then gets sent away. The trickster shows up again and tells them to say yes to their roles of being Michael and Lucifer's vessel. That, you know, they started the apocalypse and it's time for them to to end it. The CSI spoof, amazing. Yeah. Sam as the Impala-like kit in Knight Rider, amazing. They fit in, like, they, I was going to say they crammed in so many solid references. Mm-hmm. That it, it was like, there were times when I just like rewound it to watch something mm -hmm. like part of it again. Yeah, I think this is a great episode because it seemed like fun. Yeah. While, so, you know, this is when the Winchesters realize that the trickster isn't the trickster. He is actually the archangel Gabriel. Yes. Gabriel is trying to end this whole thing. Like he is tired of the shit. He is tired of his brothers wanting to kill each other, Lucifer and Michael. He's just, he wants it done. And he kind of explains that this isn't about a war, but it's about two brothers who loved each other and then betrayed each other. And that's why the Winchesters are the vessels. As if... What a parallel. What, what yeah. a parallel. As if two other brothers in history never did this. Yeah. Like, could this have never happened at any other time? <laughs> Apparently not, since, you know... The dawn one of, of man. Yeah, one of the themes they reiterate over and over this season is how, you know, heaven and hell both put things in place just for Sam and Dean to be born. Okay, Marty Sue. Like, <laughs> yeah. aren't we so fucking special? So, you know, Gabriel is trying to peacemaker here and he just, he's done. Yeah, so that's why he's there. So 
that brings us to an episode that I don't know that I hate, but I don't like. I, I don't like it. I have opinions about yeah. this episode. It's the real Ghostbusters. It is a supernatural convention. Yeah. And I maybe, mean, maybe I hate it. I think maybe I hate it because I, I hate Becky. Yeah. yeah. I, I also feel like some people just wanted to make some points in the episode. And I they're all bad points. Yeah, I mean, even, I, yeah. Even when they thought they were doing a plot twist, it still annoyed me. It does. It So this is written by Eric Kripke and Nancy Weiner. So we can't even blame What's-Her-Face yeah. for this episode. <laughs> yeah. So Becky uses Chuck's phone to trick Sam and Dean to coming to a supernatural fan convention where people are dressed up like Sam and Dean. There's a LARP, a LARPing. Honestly, that sounds kind of fun, like using an abandoned hotel. Well, you know, not abandoned, but like an empty hotel to like pretend to ghost hunt. What's kind yeah. of cool. That, that, that part would be fun. Like, but again, it's the tone of the writing. Yeah. That And maybe it's just that Eric Kripke doesn't get it, or maybe he does, and he doesn't know how to express it. It's the problem with writers everywhere where they try to talk about fans in the show. They just don't do it. They can't. They cannot grasp. They don't. I just, mm. it, it, it feels, feels mean. so mean. And, like, Becky should have never been a character, yeah. ever. Die in a fire. Sorry to the actress. Mm -hmm. We're both named Emily. So, like, I feel. Actress is great. Oh. Not her fault. She needed that paycheck, I'm sure. But I, yeah. So glad you got that paper, but like, get the fuck out. Potentially the worst character on the show? Maybe? I mean, this episode, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to reserve my opinion on the whole show till I've seen it. But okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say she's probably in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe we can have an entire mini episode dedicated yeah. to TV no shows way. trying to talk about the fans within episodes and why it is never a good fucking idea. Like maybe community did it. Okay. I think maybe community was okay at it. So Sam and Dean show up and they remember Chuck has written prophet of the Lord, quote unquote, <laughs> has written the supernatural books as the author Carver Edlund. So there are actual fans within the show of the supernatural books so all these people are there in plaid and flannel and leather jackets seeing chuck as their god <laughs> to celebrate the books and the characters and to participate in some live action role play and to hear chuck talk and to do other shit at one point chuck does say though if you don't like the book or is it chuck or becky someone says if you don't like the books don't read them and I was like, oh my god, negative yes. fan criticism. I hate it so much. Yeah. There's so much of that in this episode. And I like yep. so little of it. Yep. I hate that so much. Like, that's not the point. There is a, a panel on the homoerotic subtext of Supernatural. And again, I hate it so much because it's like, but you put it in the show and then you don't get to mock people for seeing I mean, it. I hate it. But I also have to point out two of my main complaints is that... There are almost no women at that convention, which no, none. we know what supernatural yes. conventions look like. Yes. Also, <laughs> are all of these guys really going to a homoerotic subtext panel? Because if so, I want to know what Chuck is writing in these books that yeah. they appeal almost exclusively to gay men. Yeah. 
how it's is just, cast described you can't you can't fill your convention with just men and then also mm-hmm. make fun of fangirls yeah because you're not showing the audience that you're actually mocking i yes i mean again do they not understand their audience i don't think they like, do because like at this point no at least i know i know i know and this was 2009. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not like conventions weren't... I don't know if there were supernatural conventions yet. I think there were. But in general, conventions... Like, Comic-Con was a pretty big thing. Like, yeah. Creation was already doing conventions pretty regularly. I mean, yeah. Twi- I think Twilight was at Comic-Con 2009. Yeah. See, they just kind of got some wires crossed there. So for the plot... Turns out at this convention where they're um, LARPing a fake ghost hunt, there are real ghosts because the hotel used to be an orphanage, which don't don't go to a hotel that used to be an orphanage. Duh. That seems Um, like a bad idea. Yeah. Duh. So obviously Sam and Dean have to hunt down this ghost who I got a little confused as to who actually killed the boys, partly because I was seething over Someone, yeah. Was it the teacher, or was the teacher protecting? Them? A little bit of both, maybe. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was a little bit of everything. I kind of stopped caring about who killed the boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was just very annoyed with this episode. Yeah, you know, they had the two, the two larpers who were most focused on who kind of helped Sam and Dean hunt down the ghost, finding a picture on the back of a map. I did love them being like, you're digging up a real grave. What the fuck? Like that was kind of cute because like, Oh shit, this is real. And then it turns out that that couple, those, that those two LARPers are gay and a couple like representation, but I. Not after that episode. Mm -hmm. Also, I just, I feel like it is accidentally good representation because I feel like the show wanted us to laugh at those two guys being a couple. I'm yes. like, they actually look like any couple you might actually run into at a convention. But I think we were supposed to find it, like... Funny. Funny, yeah. And it, then I was also thinking, like, man, they had a great weekend together. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're so out much there. excitement. Like, man, they, they had fun. They did something they enjoyed together. Got a little extra something. Like, weekend-long date with someone where we get to meet our, like, idols that we didn't know really existed. Yeah, and they're fucking heroes. Like, yeah. yeah. We do get the first... Is this the first mention of Crowley? This is the introduction. The, no, this is the, the introduction, introduction of Crowley. Yeah. Good old Crowley. I'm gonna say that's the only thing I really liked about the episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, yeah, Crowley, even though he's a little shit. <laughs> Crowley is a little shit, but at least he's got, like, a cool character. Yeah. For I mean, sometimes, sometimes his character is like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what you're doing. What what are you doing? If we remember back to mm-hmm. Bella, retconning a little bit, I suppose that she gave the cult to Crowley, not to Lilith. So now now Crowley has the cult. So moving moving into the next episode, well, we meet Crowley in person with Cass watching someone make a crossroads deal with Crowley. And just laying a big fat kiss on this dude with Cass just staring at him uh, creepily. We do also have Joe Harvell in a skimpy black dress playing the victim to get into Crowley's house. So there's that. That's a thing. That does happen. Dean tries to assert his heterosexuality. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, that also Joe's not happening though. No, Mm-mm. no. I do always appreciate Joe. I appreciate Joe telling Dean to fuck off up until her death scene. Yeah, because then I'm like, why? Which is uh, about to happen. So, so Crowley has the Colt, and he wants. He seems to also want the Winchesters to kill Lucifer. Because apparently to Lucifer, the demons are just cannon fodder. And he doesn't care for that shit. So Crowley gives them the colt and then uh, leaves. I do love Cass and Ellen drinking. Amazing. Yes. So, you know, this is their kind of last night at the bar before they make a plan. Go after Lucifer with the colt. Couldn't they have just, like, taken a nice weekend trip to a bed and breakfast instead? I would have. I would have liked that. nice. You know, Dean does strike out with Joe again. Yeah. They all take a picture together. They do. It's super cute. Yeah. So, you know, they're in this this town that is overrun with Reapers, which is how they seem to think they know where Lucifer is. But, but Meg has appeared and she has brought hellhounds. You know, they do use hellhounds quite a lot in these early do, seasons. Yeah. Like multiple times in this season, right? Yes, they do. And this is uh, this is where Joe gets ripped apart by a hellhound. Yeah. And uh, this is some bullshit. It is also, just to add some insult to injury, Joe dies the exact same way they describe her father dying after John used him as bait. They, yeah, they describe him as like holding his like insides together. Yes, you are which, right. I forgot uh, about that. What they what they opt to do is put some bombs together for Joe to like hold the switch mm. and blow up all the hellhounds. But that means she has to; she's gonna die anyway. Yep. Ellen, her mother, opts to yeah. stay back with her because both of them need to die. I mean, I, the mother daughter connection is very sweet and all, but like honestly, if I were Joe, I would have been like, "Mom, yeah, get the fuck out." Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to make her feel better in her dying moments to think that her mom no. is just giving up. Yeah. I just thought this was, like, utter bullshit that both yeah. of them had to die. I hate it. I hate the episode. I almost didn't watch it. I was like, I remember what happens. Mm, but for mm-hmm. the sake of the podcast, I did watch it and hated it. Yeah. I think it sucks. Like, why are we sacrificing the two badass women who survived so long without Dean and Sam? Yeah to die in the same time yeah so yeah like this episode apparently they went all out for too Mm. because the director said that they had to (laughs) they spent twenty thousand dollars rebuilding part of a back lot set oh just to just to blow it up for the explosion part okay so i don't know if if they were gonna go all out on an episode like the death of joe and ellen eh yeah put your money towards something else yeah like i guess so they you know they they do find out where lucifer actually is dean shoots him with the colt it does absolutely nothing this is the episode where they tell us what all the cult can't kill or is that later i don't aren't there there are like five things the cult can't kill i don't think it's this one okay it's certainly not lucifer yeah (laughs) or maybe it is and i just didn't write it down I'm saying that from memory, and my memory is horrible at <laughs> differentiating, like, what happens what episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's why I have to take copious notes because I'm like, yeah. So then uh, Lucifer raises death for fun, and the episode ends just for shit and giggles. Uh, and the episode ends with uh, Bobby burning the photo of the hunters. Mm. I burn it. Come on, Bobby. I know that's some bullshit. I it think made me sad like, too. I'm like, come on, sad. they're already gone. Keep the picture. I know. Just keep it. You're gonna want that later. You don't have iPhones. Mm-hmm. So we move on. In in the process, like in the course of watching the season, I took about a two week break from watching mm. episodes after this one. Mm-hmm. I struggled getting back into it because yeah. the urge to rage quit again was right there. I get that. Yeah, but yeah, I had I had to keep going because I was like, no, I can't. I just gotta I gotta go, or I'll never I'll never come back. So after this, uh, as would make sense, they check into a mental hospital. <laughs> I mean. I didn't remember this episode at all. And I didn't either. From the premise, I was like, I'm sure there's something going on here, but also they, that's probably where they need to be for a while. Get some therapy. Therapy's yeah, like, good. Technically, they're looking for a, an, a former hunter to help them with a case, but really, I think they just need some help. I love this doctor saying that they have a dangerously codependent yeah. relationship. Yeah. I love that just telling a doctor their real lives gets them emi- admitted immediately. Immediately, yeah. Dean gets called a paranoid schizophrenic with a narcissistic personality disorder and religious psychosis. It tracks, yeah. It does track. I mean, even though the, like, biblical mythos is actually real for them, Mm -hmm. it still tracks. Still tracks. Now, I mean, I I don't know that we need to spend a lot of time on this episode. What they're doing is hunting a wraith. You know, and and everyone in this episode is not exactly who they say they are. But... I think Dean talking to that psychiatrist for a few days was like mm-hmm. important because yeah. she was like, how do you get up in the morning? <laughs> I was like, I don't huh. Three to four hours every couple of nights and drinks 50 drinks a week. <laughs> and that the doctor is concerned with Sam's anger. Dean's response to that was to tell him to suck it up, move on and move forward. That's healthy. And I was like, no wonder we have problems. Yeah. The name of the episode is Sam Interrupted. I know. And the plot follows along pretty closely with the movie Girl Interrupted, which Misha had a role in. Did he really? He did. It was a small role, but he did have a role. Was he like a fetus at that time? In 1999. Oh boy. Good for him. I'm assuming playing a patient. I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a while. We should watch that movie just to find him. Yeah. Misha Collins, Girl Interrupted. I'm just going to do this in real time googling and see if he had a name so he did have a like named character oh he's trying to get into winona Ryder's character's pants oh well i understand that yeah and also happens to be high as a kite that makes sense for him thank you misha collins.livejournal.com for <laughs> informing me of that excellent yeah well, all right are we, are we moving on to swap meet we can we can move on to it or we can just move past it <laughs> Not you didn't enjoy that one. I mean, I don't know. It's a body swap episode that's not sexy. So like, yeah. mm, Sam swaps bodies with the thirteen-year-old. We do have a cameo from the same copy of Busty Asian Beauties (laughs) from season one. It's in Gary's. Yeah, it's in the thirteen-year-old stuff. That's ew. (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't pass magazines around. Yeah. 
I mean, Gary's hanging on to that four-year-old copy, I guess. I, I guess. I don't have a lot about this episode. It does have some talk about, you know, getting Sam's body to Lucifer, but, you know. It doesn't do much. Doesn't do much for me. The most noteworthy thing about this episode to me was that a teenager literally died who was close friends with two other teenagers and neither of them gave a fuck about it. (laughs) The end of the episode ends with them just like happy to be back. I'm like, your friend died, literally. Like, dead. He dead dead. I think, you know, more more interesting is the next episode because it's a John and Mary episode. It does open with Dean getting like an angel devil stripper dance. Yeah. Which is a little weird. Because I guess that's how Anna, Angel Anna, wants to appear to him in a dream. I don't know. It's odd. Yeah. She she wants Sam Winchester to die. Because if there's no Sam Winchester, then there can't be a vessel for Lucifer. Like, I know Sam is the perfect vessel, but, like, clearly Lucifer can just make do and take another vessel. Yeah, I know. I don't know what like, yeah. I mean, killing Sam maybe sets the plan back a couple of hours while they <laughs> scramble to redirect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't think it really is that. No. It's much of a solution. No, I don't think so either. So Cass uses a spell to get Dean and Sam back to 1978 because Anna has gone back to kill Mama and Papa Winchester. It, it really takes it out of Cass, so he's not super helpful. There's some Dean Winchester apologist propaganda happening here yeah. in these in these episodes. We, we get some, like, John saying that some irresponsible bastard would have had to raise his kid to be a hunter. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of, like, Mary trying to get explanations of what's going on, so Dean has to yeah. tell her that that's he's her son, trying to make sure that conception never happens but it is too late yep what's his what's his face uriel and anna show up and uh sam gets stabbed like right right in the gut gut place yeah that's that's gonna hurt a little. It's, it's gonna hurt there's just like a lot of fighting going on in this episode yeah. of various people trying to save and or kill john and mary but we do get the archangel michael who possesses john and destroys anna and it turns out that Michael's vessel, the pure holy vessel, is a bloodline that goes all the way back to Cain mm. and Abel. The Wonder. ultimate dual fighting brothers. Really driving <laughs> home the brother connection. Really driving it home. And Michael is going to do whatever he's supposed to do because he's the good son. So there's really no talking to him. Which uh, which sucks, frankly. But this is when we get the the naming of Team Free Will. Yes, first first mention of that, mm-hmm. which yep. definitely became like a motto for fans and yes, those three main characters. Mm-hmm. And we sure. say goodbye to Anna or Julie McNiven. Uh, yeah, we get to we get to drop another woman. I mean, I know she's an angel, but she is still in the body of a woman. And so Supernatural they're... really didn't have a lot of those to spare. I mean, no, just getting rid of three in the span of four episodes. They were on a roll. Yeah, they were like, don't need them. Don't want them. Because yep. like, it's not like Mary's hanging around. Yeah. She's not repeat customer in these episodes. So 
So we move on to My Bloody Valentine. Yes. Hey, we're hitting the Jared and Jensen best of with the titles here because, yeah. of course, Jensen's in the movie My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, they really were <laughs> they making were, some references. They, they were trying to be extremely in-jokey yeah. with a lot this season. Yeah. Like, more so than before. I think so, yeah. So kind of some, you know, we've got some kind of gross episodes here. Kind of cool. This, this one is very gross. Yeah. I, yeah, I had to turn away from the cold open because I, I was like, like, nope, I was, I was literally eating pasta with tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Can't do it. <laughs> Bad timing. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this is, this is the Cupid episode. This is the Cupid. It, well, it's yes. the second time a Cupid is mentioned, but it's the, yeah. our traditional. Yes. The. Fat naked guy who hugs people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like props to that actor because it actually did make me laugh i did yeah i did too i think it's funny that we have a, a mention here that heaven like arranges certain couples yeah so they're really just going for soulmates in supernatural like so wonder who else are soulmates yes yes interesting interesting yeah so some people are dying in some kind of gross ways Yes. Um, kind of eating themselves to death or yes. eating each other to death. But interestingly, Dean is suddenly not hungry yeah. while Cass is eating. Um, so some Cass is eating so much. I liked his line, oh. I'm an angel. I can stop anytime I want. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Me too, buddy. Uh, fun fact. Misha Collins is vegan. Yeah. So they had to make. <laughs> yeah. Um something for him to eat he described it as a disgusting concoction of soy ketchup and tomato sauce like those were the days before beyond burger yeah supernatural should have really put some research money into beyond burger yeah it turns out the town is suffering from famine one of the horsemen of the apocalypse uh we have kind of forgotten to mention that like the horsemen are like harbingers of doom here yeah. That's why they're kind of around. But but famine is like starvation from anything, not just food. So some people are starving from love or beyond burgers. And some people aren't starving for anything. Yes. Which is something they spend a little time on, Dean not having any particular hunger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dean says that he he is well fed. He wants what he wants, drinks what he drinks, has sex when he wants it. I think that is one way to describe Dean. Yeah. But I also think he is emotionally devoid of a lot of things. I think he is starving for a lot of affection. And I think that was a missed opportunity there. Love, affection. Yeah. Yeah. Genuine companionship. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they would have approached that without... Yeah. Yeah, without making it like a big thing. But... Yeah, I think, I mean, I get what they were trying to say, even though Dean hasn't really gone after women in a while. But, yeah, he really hasn't. No. Um, they drove that hard for a few seasons mm-hmm. and then just kind of, which, like, granted, he does have better things to do. But also, it's just funny. Who came into his life? Mm-hmm. And suddenly. He, he tried a little bit with Joe, and I can definitely yeah. see, like, she did just die. But it's not like he tried that hard. He has someone okay. else. Yeah, someone else, yeah. He gave him a necklace. He got a tattoo. I do love the actor who plays Famine, though. Yes. Fucking creepy. 
he also, another little tie-in here, he wore the same costume as he did on an episode of The X-Files. Perfect. Season 8, episode 19 of The X-Files alone. Love Uh, it. Yeah, same costume. If you've got a typecast, typecast away. So obviously Sam is hungry for demon blood. So Sam and or Dean and Cass have locked Sam into a bathroom to try to keep him away from some demons, but that doesn't work when the demons break Sam out of the bathroom and he goes hog on demon blood while Cass and Dean go after famine. I did love famine telling Dean that he's basically dead inside. Yeah. Because it kind of is. And then kind of the episode. Oh, so they do end up killing Famine to get his to get his ring. After Cass gets utterly distracted by meat. Not Dean meat, but <laughs> yeah. meat meat. Meat meat. Meat meat. It's kind of a, it was a weird episode, but it was, you know, it had a, a point to it. But I, I think they could have. It's another one of those, like, could we talk a little bit more about Dean? I mean, He's they... dead inside. Yeah discuss this it's like they they brush up against these topics and then don't mm-hmm. i don't know i'm i'm not the biggest sam fan so i know this is gonna sound like i have a horrible bias but so much time on sam's issues mm-hmm. so little on dean's yeah yeah we spend a lot of time on on sam and his demon blood problem yes. and feeling unworthy and like could but Dean's literally dead inside. Even Famine noticed. Like, come on, come on, come on. If Famine's noticing, come on. Come on. Surely someone else can. Somebody give this man a hug. You've been listening to part one of episode five of Supernatural on the Rocks. Stay tuned for part two wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to Supernatural on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts, who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and more at SPN on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash glee on the rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini-episodes deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and more. So until next time, this has been The Road That Was.